What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the second episode of Sneaker Love with Matty Ice. As always, I am your host, Matty Ice, and I first want to say, if you want to connect with me, find me on Instagram. It is Matty Ice Sneakers. It is at Matty Ice Media on Twitter. I'm very active there. I like to post sneaker content every now and again, especially on my Instagram feed, but I've been doing a little bit more on Twitter, and that is always what you are here for. I want to thank everybody who tuned into the first episode. It was a rousing success by my standards. A lot of you came in to, to show some love to the new channel, the new podcast, and it meant a lot to me to be able to share that opening vision with you, and especially knowing that a lot of you who had supported me in the old iteration of the channel are definitely here for the long haul with this new channel. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I got to thinking about the sneaker world as it is currently constructed today. And I mean that in the sense of how it is currently constructed in the year 2021, almost 2022. And if you really think about it, if you have been in the sneaker game long enough, you have seen the evolution of it over the course of the last, yeah, let's say 20 years or so, but really since the beginning, uh, really since, you know, Michael Jordan became popular and the Air Jordan 1 became popular and the, the sneakers that we know today, especially if you think about the Jordan brand line now uh, that we know have been associated with Michael Jordan in his playing days and now have continued to a trend set, as you will. But if you look at the way that it is now, so many of the sneakers that are coming out are either an old model that has been retroed, and I think about Jordan brand models. There's also a lot of Nike models that continue to get the retro love, or I guess it's not a retro love, it's more of a, a continued love with new colorways, and that would be things like the Air Max 1, the Air Max 90, the Air Max 97, plus a lot of different uh, you know, other colorways as well. And when I think about the way that sneakers are today, they are such a pop culture icon in a way that they just were not back in the day, like back in the late 90s, early 2000s, obviously celebrities had them. There wasn't as many to go around in terms of uh, in terms of supply. And the demand certainly wasn't as high as it, as it is today. And I think that is completely indisputable. The demand for sneakers today is so much driven by our need to collect, our need to scalp, our need to make money, you know, capitalism. And I think all also a shortage in supply to go along with increased hype. Now, hype is something that I think you can benefit from. Like, I don't think hype is necessarily a bad thing in and of itself, but hype has certainly lent itself to the current market that is sneakers today, in which every single, basically, you know, release sells out. Long gone are the days where you can walk into a Foot Locker and find things sitting. Long gone are the days where you can walk into the Nike outlet or the Adidas outlet or anywhere, really, and find shoes that are sitting, find colorways that are sitting. When I first got back into sneakers, just a few years ago, that was a reality. There were colorways that were in silhouettes that you knew just were going to sit, and you knew that you didn't have to buy them on release day, you didn't have to try to get them on release day. The resale prices, in a lot of times, you could get them below resale. I did that quite a few times, actually. In my early days on StockX, trying to find colorways of shoes that I knew were similar to a colorway that was expensive that I could get away with. So a great example, uh, I always wanted a Jordan 1 Chicago, and obviously the Jordan 1 Chicago is one of the most iconic sneakers of all time, and they don't retro them very, very often. I think the last time they did so was 2013, maybe 2014. Well, sometime in 2015 or 2016, they came out with what was called the Jordan 1.5, and it was called the Return. And the reason it was called that is because the upper was the Jordan 1, the iconic look that we all know and love. And the outsole was that of the Jordan 2, which was a, you know, it's a it's a sneaker that doesn't get a lot of love. Uh, and we will definitely talk about the Jordan 2 in a future episode. But they pretty much merged those together. And so the look is mostly what you'd associate with the Jordan 1. If if you were walking by somebody with them on feet, you would know what they are. And I got those for under retail on StockX. 
Uh, I ended up selling them for over retail used m many years later, just because they were a shoe I didn't want anymore. And I wanted to go after something different. But that kind of lets you know the way that hype is. And I think what has happened is that the hype of the sneaker game, and that is the social media aspect of it, the transparency of it has allowed it to become a global phenomenon in a way that so many people are into it for reasons that have nothing to do with just liking the sneakers or wanting to, uh, you know, be a part of a culture. I think most people do it because it's what is the popular thing to do and that sucks in a lot of ways for us but i tried to think about like a line of demarcation so to speak or a a seminal moment along the path of sneakers in the last five or so years that has led to the hype being what it is and i think the pandemic has certainly helped that a little bit obviously the low supply materials taking longer to get places you know a lot of these boutiques a lot of these stores are not getting their full complement of stock for the initial release and so you're just seeing a lot more shoes sell out and these restocks are happening all over but there's one name that i think about when it comes to to hype and sneakers today and you might be thinking well that's got to be Virgil Abloh right with the off-white the 10 collection but I don't actually think about that anymore I still think about Travis Scott and I want to focus on Travis Scott in this episode so I don't think Travis Scott in in of himself is a problem when it comes to the sneaker world as a matter of fact I think that he has lent his vision to the sneaker world in a way that has made a lot of positivity within the community if you look at the influence right the fingerprint that he has had the footprint that he has put out on the sneaker world I think you can definitely say that he has been influential in a lot of positive ways. I think there is a negative aspect to that, though. I think the fact that he makes them, the fact that it is associated with his design, his vision, his rap music, and him just being an overall popular figure in today's world, obviously being associated with Kylie Jenner. And she's obviously extremely popular, one of the first self-made billionaires. Right. And there's just a whole lot of exposure on their part. And obviously his sneaker collection is something that gets the eye of many of his followers. But when I look at the silhouettes that he has touched, so let's go over some of those. So I think about the Air Force One. So obviously he has technically three colorways of the Air Force One. There was the white, which had that nice 3M hit around the, you know, the edges of the shoe with those removable swooshes. Uh, those are nice. The white and sail. I consider those two separate colorways of the same silhouette. Obviously they have slightly varied from each other, but honestly, I see it that way. Way. And then there was the Fossil one, which is one I actually really liked. And that one came out, I want to say sometime in 2019, late 2019, maybe for fall. And it has all those different materials on it. They're supposed to be like workman materials. Those were widely panned in a lot of ways. You didn't see the hype for those nearly the same as you would for the white or the sale ones. Obviously, one of the most iconic shoes that he's ever designed is a Jordan 1. And that I think of the OG High with the Mocha colorway. It's probably one of the most rep shoes on the market. It certainly is one of the most hyped. And it's just a beautiful shoe in general. He's obviously now done the Fragment, which is a take or I guess a collaboration with Fragment, which if you're unfamiliar, Fragment has that very iconic Jordan 1, which is just basically blue, white, and black. It doesn't really stand out from other shoes other than the fact that it has the Fragment branding on it, and it sells for thousands of dollars these days. So this is an iconic take on that. He obviously had the low tops in both the Mocha and the Fragment. Personally, I happen to like the low tops in both. I don't necessarily think one is better than the other, but I do like the low tops in both. Uh, he's also touched some other very iconic Jordan silhouettes, and that's the Jordan 4, who obviously with that Houston Oilers colorway, which is one of my grails. I don't use that very often, but it certainly is. And the Friends and Family, which are obviously very, very rare, but you're talking the purple, the Mocha, those are very nice. Obviously, the Jordan 4 is one of the most iconic in the Jordan lineage. When I think about iconic in the Jordan lineage, at least in the early iterations of it, I think 1, 3, 4, 5, and 6. 
And I know a lot of people like seven eights, but that's just not my speed. I think I am a little bit, you know, away from the, the basketball luck. I can't really pull those off, but I certainly obviously can appreciate them. The Jordan 60s touch with two different colorways that I can think of, the olive colorway and the British khaki. I know there's that mustard one going around that he showed on Instagram, but, and then of course he's lended himself to the Nike SB Dunk craze with the PlayStation Dunks, which are obviously very, very rare. So nobody really has any retail pairs of those, but they're still out there. They're associated with another big brand in PlayStation. All gamers went crazy for it. And obviously he did that collaboration with Fortnite. So there is that as well. And then of course he had what I consider like the plaid, the one with the rope laces, the different textures on it. Um, that is one of the most iconic Travis Scott shoes in my opinion that he has made. And he's had some other ones. He obviously has the Air Max series coming out with I think like six colorways or at least two are going to be dropping soon. And then he had a complete dud with the Air Max 270. Now he's also done, I think the Jordan 34, which basically didn't sell. I happen to think it was pretty cool looking. I think that the technical nature of that shoe hindered it from really the colorways being really, really cool. But either way, Travis Scott has touched a lot of shoes. And so I think when you look at it in totality, he has done a really, really great job of making sure to pay homage to a bunch of different colorways. And so let's think about some of the positive aspects of that. I think one thing that has been really, really great is obviously he's touched shoes. And I think about silhouettes that are obviously shoes that people are going to gravitate towards. So people are going to buy a Jordan 1. They're going to buy a Jordan 4. They're mostly going to buy a Jordan 6. And today, given the hype of SB Dunks and just Dunks in general, they're going to gravitate toward a Dunk. Whether the shoe is objectively nice or not, they are going to go after those shoes. And this is where the Travis Scott effect in my mind comes in. He associates himself with something or he posts about something and you're going to see the hype go toward it, even if that shoe doesn't necessarily deserve the hype. Because in my mind, shoes don't have to be for everybody. When I look at every single shoe that Travis Scott, just him in particular, have come out with, I don't like every single one of them. Do I like the fragment highs? Not necessarily. I understand the design elements behind it. I understand that they're paying homage to a very old Jordan 1 colorway. You know, it's just a little bit plain for me. And that's just my opinion. Do I like the friends and family mocha? Not really. Kind of drab. The purple is really nice, but obviously very difficult to pull off. And, you know, Air Force Ones and the white and sail. To me, they are very, very similar to what you'd get if you just bought like a standard issue retail pair of Air Force Ones. And I know they have a few design elements, but it's a little flashy for my taste. So it's not something that I like, but I can understand other people liking it. But I think this is the difference. I think that Travis Scott having associated his name and inserted himself into the sneaker game and the design aspect of it has made all of his shoes in a way overhyped. And that lends to the way that the market is today. Oh, it's a Travis Scott shoe. So therefore it has to be great. And therefore I have to get it so I can resell it. And so the price can go up. And if you look at even some of his other shoes, like the 270, why did the 270 fail? A lot of people said it was ugly. Well, what about some of his other shoes? How come those aren't ugly? But even still, if you try to get a pair of those, they're still selling for more than retail price. Like it's almost impossible today to get a pair of shoes for a retail price. And I think when I think about the retail and replica market, Travis Scott really rules the day in so many of those. I can't tell you when searching through Reddit, you know, in the in the replica sneakers subreddits and so forth, basically so many people are still going after the Jordan 1 mocha. And I think to me, if you're talking about deserved hype, that's a shoe that means to me deserved hype. Because if you're looking at all markets going after it, consumers constantly wanting it. Yes, there is a portion of the consumership that wants it because it is quote unquote cool. But I think the reason why so many people want it is because it's a great looking shoe. The only thing that really makes it stand out, if you think about it, from a regular Jordan 1 is the one giant reverse swoosh. And there's a few pieces of branding on it, of course. I mean, Travis Scott is very good about that, having that subtle branding on there. 
And I think that's the point. He's obviously selling himself as a brand. Cactus Jack is in and of itself a brand. So of course he's going to put his branding on it, but it's not overly done. It's not distasteful. When I think about Yeezys today, the design of Yeezys in general is almost becoming a calling card for Kanye West. And in my mind, it is distasteful. It's almost like too much branding. That's strange because most Yeezys don't have blatantly Yeezy branding on it. But of course, Travis Scott getting in bed with Jordan brand, he's going to want something out of it. And of course, that's going to be money, fame, and even more hype on his way. But I kind of wonder to myself, at what point does the hype run out? Is Travis Scott invincible or infallible when it comes to designing shoes? Now, most people would say the answer to that is no, that of course he's going to make something that's trash and they would point to the Air Max 270. But yet the Air Max 1s that are coming out, I think they're 1s, they're either 1s or 90s, I can't remember. Either way, most people are going all out for those. But if you look at the replica market in general, they have shown Air Max is basically no love. Look at the Air Max 90 Bacon, which is one of the most iconic shoes from the early 2000s in Nike history. It's certainly one of the most iconic Air Maxes that are not the OG colorways. And this restock of it, or I should say reissue of it, was such an exciting thing. And of course it sold out, so we expect that. But if you go on StockX or GOAT, you can pretty much get it for very, very close to retail price. Now, maybe there are some extenuating circumstances within that. Some of the supply issues, some of the drawing lines that were on it. I know a lot of memes got made because of the crappy nature of the QC. But honestly, you find that across the board when it comes to Nike. So does it take something like that for the hype to die on Travis Scott? Where does the line end? And I also wonder to myself, is it the silhouette that's selling it? And is it the silhouette with the combination of the person? Name some famous person if they come out with some Jordan collaboration that's a Jordan silhouette that most people are going to gravitate toward. So if it's a Jordan 1, for instance, let's take Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish is doing a Jordan 1 collaboration, and I think she is doing a Jordan 14 collaboration. And I think Jordan 14s are one of the most ugly shoes in the Jordan line ever. And I think a lot of people would recognize that. Maybe if you like it, of course, there's no judgment. I'm just saying like objectively, most people would look at it. Well, Billie Eilish is making it. So does that mean that it sells? Does it then become something that's not objectively ugly? And if you think about other famous people lending their names to certain silhouettes, does it change the game? I mean, Sean Watherspoon makes his Air Max 97. Everybody goes crazy. He makes the A61. Everybody really likes it. But then he makes that Adidas model that's more like hippie-ish. You don't really hear much about it. So I wonder, is Travis Scott really smart because he's hitting silhouettes first that people are gravitating toward, and then he's gonna start going to models that are not really in the wheelhouse of most sneakerheads today? but he can't get away from it. So is it the silhouette that really does it? And answer that for me, if you will, on Twitter or on Instagram, let me know. Is it silhouettes that really get you? If Travis Scott designs an SB Dunk again, is that what's really gonna gravitate toward you or does it have to be objectively nice for you? One of the things I think we see in the sneaker game is the union collaboration with the fours most people panned them, but then they were all over them once they came out. And maybe it changes when you're in hand, but I kind of wonder how much of it is hype. Is it the fact that you know that it's Travis Scott, so you know people are going to want it, so you know that you have to be in on it? Does that do anything for you? I know for me, I can get lost in the hype a little bit, and that's where the, the channel, the old channel came in. I think I got lost in the hype of being somebody who was hyped in and of itself, and it's not really who I am. I don't really want to be that person, so I went with something else. Does it kind of get to you sometimes? Sure, when you see Travis Scott is coming out with something new and you're like, okay. But I'll be honest with you, with the new Air Maxes that are coming out, one of them I like, 
One of them I don't like. And one of them very much reminds me of those Air Max 90 Susans. That was a movie design nod, I think from 2019 or something like that with the plaid. It kind of looked like a mallard duck. I really like that one. That's what it reminds me of. And will I be in on those? Yeah, because I objectively like them and I will wear them. And I just kind of wonder to myself, is the Travis Scott one, the OG Mocha, is that really the start of where things went crazy? Did that shoe start all of this? Because that was the first shoe that I can remember that wasn't one of the iconic old shoes to sell in my size for like 15, 16, $1,700. And if you think about it, it's only gone up. And I guess before then it's the off-white Jordan ones. And I guess you could say that that's maybe where it came in, but some of those were so limited, whereas the Travis Scott one seemed like it was a little bit more available. I don't know. Either way, I think Travis Scott is definitely a sign of the hype beast uh, mentality out there. Not necessarily in a negative way. Everything is going to be hyped at some point. That's how you sell merchandise, and I totally understand that. But I just got to thinking about Travis Scott's influence on the sneaker market, and I think when it looks like, when you're talking about my personal collection, I think he's done a lot of good. There's a lot of objectively great sneakers that he has made, but I think the fact that he has been so into the game for so long now, I do think that it helps drive the hype machine, and I think you are seeing that influence all over the place. I think Virgil started it with the 10 series, and I think Travis Scott is sort of taking that mantle now and lending his creative vision to a lot of shoes that I think people were going to buy regardless. Travis Scott comes out with another Jordan 1, they're going to sell, just because. Doesn't mean that it's the greatest shoe ever, it just means that it will. The Fragments, I think, are a very good example of that. I think they are not as good as the Mochas, both the high and the low. But they have his name on them, they have his design elements to them, and that's going to sell itself. What do you think? Hit me up on Instagram, Maddie Ice Sneakers is the handle. Hit me up on Twitter, Maddie Ice Media is the handle. You know I love to, to talk about sneakers, you know I love to banter about them, and honestly there's no right or wrong opinion. If you like Travis Scott's stuff, great. If you don't, okay, you don't have to. You may disagree with my opinion that he is somebody who is at the forefront of this hype mentality that we see today, but I think it just is. And I think that honestly, if you're gonna look at what is influencing people today, with social media, with all the exposure that people have to the lives of celebrities, that people that we just have always wanted a glimpse into their life, I think it's only going to lend itself to more and more hype. And I do wonder if the sneaker market will ever come back down to the place that it was not that long ago, where you could get something really, really nice for retail or under. Hope everybody is having a great day. I want to say thank you again for your, your great support that you gave me for episode one. I couldn't believe it. We need more love in the community because there's a lot of toxicity out there. And I'm not here to spread that. I'm here to spread love. So I appreciate everybody's time this week. Keep listening, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Make sure to hug your loved ones and I will catch you next time. Have a great week. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guest, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.